In today's episode, we will hear a statement recording from Bill Decker, a friend of the Rouse family. Hello, this is William Decker, and I go by Bill, and I want to tell you a little few things about what happened up there in South Dakota. And uh, I got notes here so I don't remember because I'm getting kind of old. I'd been to Rosemary Rouse's house, got there the night of July 3rd. I was driving a 67 Chevy pickup, and it could hold 14 people. Everything was as usual, a bit much drinking, which never bothered much to me because everyone was always good, good and nice to me. We went swimming, picnicking, and to a reunion below the dam. The old Fort Randall was near. We took the kids there, and Ursula showed them where the army held Sitting Bull prisoner in the chapel's cellar, and she told them of their history. I gave a lot of rides as always. All the time there was relatives to meet and visit. The house was always full of people. They would come and go both day and night. I hardly ever saw the house empty. Rosemary never turned anyone away. If we saw anyone walking or having troubles, she made me stop to help. Sometimes she would bring someone home and they would stay for days or till they was ready to leave. Before I left Labor Drive, Jacksonville, Illinois, where I worked, I got a tent rope to tie up my sleeping bag. I had it in the back of my truck. The kids must have taken it out to play with. Later the FBI pulled it out of a snowbank. The, which was, you know, up into the winter time. The kids played in and on the truck, much as my kids and grandkids do today. Park your car there a week, and you'll see what I mean. Rosemary locked the kitchen door every night by putting a stick or chair to the knob, so that way we could all get a little sleep. The doors were broken and blankets hung from some of them. Everyone made a pallet on the floor. Rosemary had a bed. I think I think it was the only bed in the house. The house was on a hill at the edge of Marty. There are many houses there now. I knew Desmond as he had stayed at my home in Illinois a couple of months. I was uh I just met Russell and someone they called Johnny Cakes. I never met him again, I don't believe. Uh, they was pretty drunk. Russell's cigarette kept burning his arm when he, when he dropped them. It didn't seem like he even felt them. Des, Desmond and Russell had a bottle rocket war with the kids. The kids stomped on them as they couldn't even light one. Well, I went to work. February, Ursula called me 
to come up right away. She needed me. I had jury duty, but Judge Bone let me go. I then went to Marty, and when all, uh, we all stayed at Beta's house, Jesse, who I hadn't met before, his wife Lori, and their kids, I hadn't met any of them. Ursula said that they got their kids back because Lori's mom was a white woman, and she got them a lawyer. Desmond was there, and Dwayne. So if these men were so dangerous, I always wondered, why did the kids remain in the house, same house they was in, if they were so bad, dangerous? Anyway, Ursula and, Desla, or Ursula and Desmond seemed to want to tell me what was going on. I, I think Jesse was trying to be the one in charge, trying to figure it out. I don't think anyone knew what had took place and only knew what the cops were telling them. I didn't know the charges against the men for about a week. It snowed as hard as I ever saw a blizzard for six days solid. I guess because you are never alone much when you're up there. Someone's always around and it was that long, it was that long, six, you know, it was that long before Ursa and I were alone so that we could talk. The next day, Desmond told me about it just before I went home. Ursa called again. There was a raid on Beach's house. Jesse had been arrested. Even though it was thought that, that he was not involved, I think he just came from Wyoming. Desmond and Dwayne was arrested. Also Garfield and Russell. I drove Rosemary, Ursula, Pita around to wherever they needed to go. One day we came to Marty. They had me stop at the tribal hall. They went in and not too long came back to the truck. They talked like Bita had been in a spat with some woman. We went back to her house. I had taken my boots off and laid down in the first bedroom. I, uh, I heard banging on the door. Ursula answered it. I could hear her say, Hi, Dan. The voice said, Ursula, you just threatened a woman at the tribal hall, and I'm going to arrest you. She tried to tell him she didn't do that. When Ursula says, Dan, what are you doing to your thumb? Then Eric ran into, uh, Eric Flood ran in to get me. The man was Dan Huspeth. He was digging a key into his thumb so it would look like it, so it would look like it, it was bleeding, I guess. Anyway, he almost fell, fell running to his van. Guess he didn't want a white witness. I think he was going to say she resisted arrest. I told him on his way out that she didn't threaten anyone. He was a giant of a man, almost seven feet tall, big. He, why he would flee and not do anything after he saw me is a mystery. Later, I figured he was a thug for the government. 
They like to hire ex-football players and professional wrestlers for intimidation. They're big, and the ones they hire usually got the mind of a sheep. During the trial, I stayed at Lori Rouse's apartment with her and her kids. The U.S. Marshals Service would uh, drive through the parking lot behind her apartment. There was only one way in, one way out. I saw them do this. I think it, one at least, it worked at the door where they check you into the uh, federal courthouse. I was there about three weeks this time. I didn't go into the courtroom for a long time as the rope I took to Marty in July was in evidence as what the kids were tied up with. I think they said put in the attic. Did they not look at that attic? You couldn't got anything in that thing. It's small. And uh, their stories filled everything in there, what little they had in it. The more I learned of this case, the more made up for court it was. Straight from the twilight zone. I now know about kangaroo courts, government traitors to the American way. I, I think they call them uh, deep state nowadays. Ursula and Bita weren't able to see their kids much as the kids were in the courthouse, uh, but were hidden by the feds. The feds sent their rejects. I think the feds sent all their rejects to South Dakota. We saw the kids, and they were screaming at the the. Feds was screaming at them and made them run to a van. So I ran up and slapped the window so they knew that we was there for them. They waved and was happy to see me. Before I left Illinois, I, <coughs> before I left Illinois, I went to Congressman Mike, uh, Bob Michael's office and talked to Sally Bauman. Sally Bauman told me to let her know if I had trouble with husbands. A few days after the van deal, Dan came to the hotel room I was sleeping in and, and said, I want to ask you questions about attacking a van with federal witnesses. I told him I wasn't talking to him. Then he said, I'll arrest you now. I put my hands out and said, Gordhead. He started reading my rights. When he, when he said, I didn't have to talk to him without a lawyer, I said, that's what I told you, dumbass. He turned and stomped off. I went to the lobby and called Sally at the congressman's office and asked if he had jurisdiction off the reservation. She didn't know. So she had Dave Nichols from BIA in Washington City call me within 10 minutes. He said he thought he didn't have jurisdiction. It was like a paid vacation for the witnesses as they got a hotel room and were paid. Tabitha and Chris even got some money and wanted me to walk them down the street to spend some of it. I didn't know, as young as Tabitha was, that she shopped like a grown woman. There was a couple of women clerks keeping the kids busy, so I went out the front door there and waited for them to finish. Well, here comes Huspeth and FBI Bill Van Rowe. 
Van Roe was an FBI agent, one of them, that caught, was caught lying on in oath in the court. As uh, Van Roe walked by, Hespa stopped and tried to sucker me into a fight. Out the door come the kids, so he left. I would walk around downtown till I found out Wilka got the rope out of evidence and I could go into the courtroom. I think Hesbeth got told to back off, as after that, he only followed me around and stared a mean look. I think Michelle Tapkin was pulling all the strings. She would tell Karen Schreier what to do in court, and I think she was supposed to be in charge, but she didn't know much. She became a uh, federal judge with this case. I think that, uh, I think they were too far into their made-up story when they discovered the truth, so it was political gain. The judge is to blame because he said the verdict was read, when the verdict was read, that when the kids were grown, he would think about releasing them. The kids are grown now and have stated many times that it was a wrongful conviction. There were no minorities on the jury, and at least one juror said the court was against natives. I have traveled a lot in my years. And South Dakota is the most uh, racist kind of a place I'd ever seen. And uh, Rosemary, Rosemary always thought the boys would come home. But she passed with a broken heart, never seeing her sons. The, the kids have issues too. Rosemary told me we have to be peaceful. It has been 20, over 20 years now. In the beginning of this, they were told if you bleed, plead guilty, you get two years. The peaceful stuff, that's a native way. I ain't no native. Maybe I am, maybe I ain't. Don't know. Would have been a long time ago. But I'll tell you one thing. That Judge Pearsall, I hope Elon Musk got a little bit extra room on that Mars rocket to put that son of a bitch, let him go up there and let his family do without him and and what they can, how see how they do without their, their loved one in their life. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Please check back next week for our conversation with attorney Mike Ware. And if you haven't already, please subscribe so you can get notified of when our new episodes release. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Touched by Crime. Thanks, and we hope to see you again next week.